0: Hi, I'm speaking with Eric Ulentz, the latest world-class technician to be so honored this year. And we thought it would be neat to reach out to Eric and learn a little bit more about the world-class technician program. Hi, Eric. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Tony. How are you?
0: Thanks for having me. Thanks. You know, if I was any better, I'd have to be twins to appreciate it, but... All things considered, these are tough times for all of us, but in every disaster, there's always one or two rays of sunshine, and I couldn't help but notice that your name came up when they were talking about the latest crop of world-class technicians, so congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And uh, we want to learn a little bit more about it and a little bit more about you. So t- tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the industry and how long have you been a technician?
1: Well, I think like a lot of techs today, it started at home. at a young age. I want to say I was around fifth or sixth grade when I started to get an interest in the cars. And my dad had a car that well, he still has it that he used to drag race. So he showed me, you know, how to jack up a car, how to take off wheels do breaks, spark plugs, filters, a lot of maintenance type of jobs. And that's kind of how I got into it. And it sort of just took off by itself from there. I remember doing back when... Aftermarket radios were a big thing, along with the Sirius and XM modules that used to go separately with cars. I was doing installs with those before I could even drive. So it it really just kind of grew into me, I guess, at a young age. And I didn't know if, if working on cars, working in a dealership was really up my alley until my junior year of high school, I took two years of vocational school, my junior and senior years of high school. And that really sort of solidified that for me that, you know, this is something that I'm good at. I enjoy doing it and I want to continue with it. So from there, I went on to post-secondary. I took about a year and a half of automotive at a technical college in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the name of it or not. It was Ohio Technical College. Is that all right? That's just fine. Yep. We want to hear that. Yeah. Great program there. After was was done with that, I applied for a a BMW STEP program, which was a manufacturer-sponsored training program that took place over about seven months. And it was BMW-specific training that they had right there at the school. So I didn't have to pay for training or anything like that. The trade-off was you end up going to a BMW dealership for a certain amount of time. Um, And that is essentially your payback for that. I spent a little bit of time with BMW. Honestly, I hopped around and now looking back on it, it was kind of a good thing because it made me a lot more well-rounded than if I had just stuck with BMW for the last 10, 11 years. So I've been with Land Rover. I went with Land Rover for about a year and a half. Spent a little bit of time uh, with some Highline Brands. As well as Lexus and Toyota. And now I am located at the Toy Barn in Dublin, Ohio. And we specialize in luxury Euro and Highline exotic brands. We also have a uh, vast amount of vehicles that are sold for under $35,000, but our specialty is in the Euro market and Highline markets. Wow. Well, it
0: certainly sounds like you're pretty well qualified. So world-class technician status. I know that in order to qualify for world-class technician, you have to hold ASE master certification as a master auto, master truck, master collision, and then L1 and L2, I believe. Is that correct? That is correct, yep. Wow. And I, I used to work for ASE, so I'm well aware of what the tests are involved with. And how long did it take you to achieve world-class
1: technician status? At the time that I started, I had already, I had, I have been a uh, automobile master technician with L1 since 2012. So I had those nine tests done. So to do the remainder of them, I did them over the course of about 13 months. And this is your first time as a world-class technician? It is.
0: Does your employer support your commitment to achieving world-class status? I mean, it sounds like you work for an organization that, again, you service very expensive vehicles. Their customers tend to want only the best. And having master technicians on staff, I would imagine, would be a plus for the business. How does your employer feel about what you've done?
1: They love it. They love it. They're all about it. It'll likely be used in some marketing for the service department coming here in the upcoming months. But yeah, uh, just like you said, we had the clientele that we service has very high expectations Not that, you know, it would have made a difference a year ago, whether I was working on a car a year ago or now once I've become world-class certified, but it just gives customers um, and the employer that added sense of peace that this person um, is working to fix these vehicles. Someone that's qualified to work on those cars, uh, I guess with the lack of information that's provided, especially for the exotic cars um that's that's a whole different arena it's a whole new ball game
0: a lot of shops are talking about especially on the collision side actually coming up with a labor time for the research that has to be done to find the uh, not only the technical information you need, but uh, in many cases, in the case of collision repair, the uh, manufacturer's recommended repair procedures, because we're dealing with so many different types of metals and composites and things like that these days that all are engineered into the crushability of the vehicle. So information is king and will remain so. Absolutely. Let's go back to the world-class technician for a second. What does this mean to you personally? It sounds like you're pretty proud of what you've done, as you should be.
1: I am, yeah. I mean, personally, it it feels great to be considered, you know, among the elite in the industry. It's, it, you know, it didn't come easy. It was definitely something that I had to work at. Which, um, you know, in these times of instant gratification, it, it did feel like a grind there, <laughs> especially towards the end. It's like studying for a few weeks for a particular test, and I got go back to the, to the uh, testing center and do the whole thing and. Luckily, I got I did not fail any of the tests, so I didn't have to retake or or wait 30 days because if you do fail a test, you have to wait 30 days before you retake it. So I was lucky enough to not have to deal with that. But yeah, it was definitely a grind. So yeah, it's something I'm proud of. As well,
0: you should be that talk about an elite group. Last time I checked, there was about 800,000 technicians out there. And there's not that many world class technicians, that's for sure. You said you didn't know that much about the program until a couple of years ago, right?
1: I didn't. know no. You know, some of the brands that I worked with previously, BMW being one of them, they used to not recognize ASE certification. Over the last few years, I've seen that taking a turn. BMW now has their own dedicated ASE test mm-hmm. for, you know, a, an associate there or for a potential associate that they need to take and pass to determine whether or not they need certain levels of factory training. But yeah, I, I did not know about it. I think I saw it on LinkedIn about a year ago, and I read it was for a fleet company, I believe. It was two uh, fleet managers that that got it. So I did a little bit of digging on it and found the Auto Care Association website, looked it up, and it was like, you know, that this is next. This is what I want to do next.
0: The World Class Technician Program has been around for a number of years And it's co-sponsored by the Auto Care Association and ASE. We already mentioned the qualifications. You have to have triple master plus L1 and L2, pretty advanced testing just to qualify for it. And there are several perks that go along with being a world-class technician. One of them, are they still engraving your name in the book at the uh, Automotive Hall of Fame? Do you know?
1: I don't believe they're doing that. It was something that they were doing years ago. They have now since stopped doing that. I guess the talks now are they are going to have something there at the ASE headquarters in Virginia. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I'm not 100%, but that's the word on the street right now.
0: Well, quite frankly, I know that there's lots of programs that are recognized at ASE headquarters. World-class technician would certainly qualify as one of them. But as I said, you're talking about an extremely elite group of individuals who has really gone the extra mile. It's not easy to get through those tests. And you're talking about, gosh, how many tests are there total to qualify? 22. 22 tests. So, And you have to recertify to keep those credentials current every five years, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah. To qualify for world class, they all have to be current you can't have any of those tests uh, lapsed hmm. at the end of the year.
0: Interesting. Have any of your customers noticed yet or are you still uh, they're going to use that for the marketing? I take
1: it? I was gonna say they they uh, I haven't had anyone come in or mention anything about it yet, but yeah, I'm I'm sure as word starts to spread, we'll very likely have a few of them.
0: Oh, absolutely, I, I'm sure. You know, you've been, it sounds like you've been in the industry for a while. And one of the things we talk a lot about on the show is the the shortage really that's growing of qualified mm-hmm. individuals to join the industry. And I spend a lot, a fair amount of time talking to some young people about careers in the automotive industry. What do you think it takes to be successful as a technician today? We've seen quite a bit of change uh, just all over the last five years.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. The physical capabilities of being mechanically inclined and having good, you know, dexterity, that's, that's obviously part of it, but it's become more, a lot more IT like in the recent years, you have to be electrically proficient. I remember even when I was taking electrical class and um, training, you know, 12, 13 years ago, it was always a subject that no one really wanted to deal with because you weren't dealing with moving parts. You really couldn't see it per se, but it's in everything now. And even the ASE tests that I have recertified in, in steering, suspension, braking systems, drive lines. It all—all all those real certification tests have wiring diagrams in them and some sort of electric diagnostic type questions built into them because everything is going electronic. Uh, so that—that that is super important to have a grasp on that, and along with the willingness and drive to continue learning. Even though you know I'm at this phase where I've have all of these credentials. I'm still going out and finding web-based training on new technologies and new systems that I may not be aware of because, like you had said, even in the last five years, I want to say cars have changed in the last five years faster than they have in the previous 20. They change at such a rapid pace, I mean those that just don't want to adapt to that they're ultimately going to be left behind, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And actually, when I talk to young folks, I say almost any career nowadays, I think, really involves some element of lifelong learning. You always have to be training Mm -hmm. and improving yourself. But it sounds like you're doing it right, taking it upon yourself to do your own personal outreach using the online resources that are available, which, which can be useful. But how much training do you think you do in an average year?
1: How many hours? Any idea? In an average year, yeah, ever since I left the new car dealership, I I haven't been to in-person training like they had in in a couple years. But I do do a lot of web-based training. If I had to take a guess, I would probably say somewhere in the 40 to 60 hours a year. So it's not something that I do every single day. But, you know, a, a couple of courses a month. Um, is typically what I'll do, either A, to learn something new or to refresh on maybe a system that I learned a while ago and just haven't had a whole, maybe it was too new. And now we're just starting to see the cars. So I have to uh, use it as a little bit of a refresh. Hmm. But yeah, I would say one to two courses a month. We're seeing more and more of that. ASA has their own
0: Online training group called the Automotive Management Institute, AMI. It's mostly management stuff. Okay. But the technical training is growing in popularity too, especially the distance learning stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: in light of current circumstances, you know, um, I would imagine that we're going to be seeing more people taking advantage of that just to stay current. Mm-hmm. But training is training. As long as you are, continue to learn. I think that's one of the key qualities that you need to have as a technician. You sound like you're a marvelous communicator. I know communication skills are, are important as well. Yes,
1: absolutely. There's a lot less running around now as there was when I started. Just due to the digital age, everything moves through a computer now. So we don't have handwritten ROs that we have to take to a service advisor, then take the parts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, making sure that you communicate in stories on your computers, it's, it's super important.
0: How have your peers reacted to your achievement? Of being a world-class technician are there other master techs in the toy barn
1: there are yes yes so um almost the same reaction i had about a year ago is was like wow what's that <laughs> um yeah you know and so i think we've got a couple guys here interested that are gonna they haven't sent anything but you know you could kind of see it when they walk over and see the, the they give you like a little medallion uh, when you finish it. So I have that on my toolbox. But yeah, you can see they, they look at it <laughs> when they come over. So I, I think we're going to have a couple more here soon, sooner than later.
0: Well, I know it. they say, you know, it's one of the best kept secrets in the industry, unfortunately, although I know it's promoted quite a bit by the companies, especially that have their employees achieve that status. I know you you mentioned a couple of the fleet operations. I'm very familiar with some of the individuals. A lot of educators actually um, yes. are world-class technicians. So there are individuals of exceptional ability and achievement in virtually every segment of the industry. And it's nice to know that some of them are trainers. So they're, they're passing that knowledge along to the next generation. But you know, you've achieved a level of professionalism few can claim. What's next for you? Are, are you going to keep going?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Like we just talked about earlier, it doesn't stop. The cars don't stop evolving. One thing I really haven't hit too heavy on are the uh, electric vehicle systems, as well as the hybrids. So doing some of the more, taking L3, which is the advanced hybrid diagnostics test, that'll probably be next. But as more and more of uh, the hybrid and electric vehicles start coming through here, we're going to have to know them. There's, there's no way around it. You just have to know it. So there's no point in putting it off. And, and that's what's next.
0: Well, I'll tell you that truer words are never spoken. We spent quite a bit of time at ASA National monitoring what's going on in Washington, D.C. through our Washington representative, Bob Redding. And there's all kinds of talk on cybersecurity and autonomous vehicle legislation that is coming out. Everybody is talking about electrification to one level or another. And uh, it's one of those things that I think initially, there was a lot of conversation at the very beginning of our industry as to which propulsion system would dominate. At one time, it looked like it was gonna be steam. That didn't work out that well for them, but it's interesting to note that one of the first cars Henry Ford built was an electric vehicle. For his wife, mm. actually. And electric electric vehicles were neck and neck. And and then when they, when the petroleum came in, it's such an elegant energy solution. I know we're going to have internal combustion vehicles with us for some time to come, but uh move to electrification does seem to be on the horizon for the future. And uh it, it's encouraging to see that you are one of the individuals who is seeing that far ahead and is making efforts now to be prepared for that when it happens, which is one of the secrets of success, I must say. Agreed. Eric, once again, I got to congratulate you. I know you probably want to get back to work, but anything else you'd like to add before we uh, before we say goodbye?
1: I don't. I think this was a good conversation. I enjoyed it.
0: Well, and as did I, and again, it is a pleasure to talk to someone with the kind of, of dedication and commitment that stands, like it or not as an example of the best that this industry has to offer. Again, I congratulate you on an outstanding achievement and uh, wish you all the best for your success going forward. You're, you're doing
1: it right, dude, keep it up. Thank you very much, Tony, appreciate it. You yeah, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. You too, take care. Bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala and thanks for listening.